Teach the wise, and they will become wiser. Inform the righteous, and their learning will increase. The benefits of education are nothing new. Early on in this nation's story, it became apparent that if a democratic republic was to succeed, it would require all people who could vote to be educated in order to carry out their civic duty. So people like Horace Mann, Catherine Beecher, they created a vision for an American academy, what we call today our public education system. And we're so used to it, public schools, that it's easy to forget how revolutionary the idea of offering education to everyone actually is. Now, Horace Mann himself didn't receive any formal education. And instead, he used the resources of the nation's first public library in Franklin, Massachusetts, to educate himself. And he was so filled with joy for learning that he enrolled in Brown University and he graduated in three years as valedictorian. Horace Mann was an amazing human being with a, a vision for the essential role of education, of the academy, in a free society. Now, in the Star Trek world, the vision for a peaceful, free society also had a diverse education with Starfleet Academy at its root. Last year, despite our incredible learning tools, our technology for online learning, COVID-19 crashed the academy. Now, our educators did their best, no doubt there, but it was a rough year. And it turns out that sitting at a desk for seven hours a day looking at a screen doesn't fill students with joy. Technology itself can be a tool for teaching, but it clearly does not guarantee positive results. Politicians often think they can fix public education by shouting for more tests and more math and more science. Standardized tests can help schools identify educational inequities or issues, but they cannot always indicate how any individual student is learning and growing. Looking back at 150 years ago, Horace Mann had a relatively simple vision for public education, and that was to equip people with the ability to read and write, to be informed and as active citizens. That vision grew. Public education became more important for job training. And let's face it, the pandemic also revealed the roles that our schools serve as daytime childcare so that parents can work. Then Jesus went out among the villages teaching. He called the 12 and began to send them out two by two, giving them authority over the unclean spirits. The prime directive of Jesus' disciples was twofold. Teach and heal. So the teaching part, why was that so important? Jesus' goal for all people was that they have abundant, full lives. It's what I say most every week 
The goal is to live passionately and love faithfully with the days that you're given. Learning is essential to that kind of life. Thinking back to Horace Mann, the vision of public education wasn't to serve the institution of government. It was a vision that allowed a government to let people live in a free society, to have the chance to live full, abundant lives without tyranny. But it's easy to get lost along the way. School became more modeled on factories, shuffling each student through a conveyor belt of disconnected subjects. The object was for them to get enough information to pass the test and to be a finished, marketable product. The central focus became to be on the economic success of the nation and not on the quality of life for the people. After entering the temple, Jesus threw out those who were selling and buying there. He pushed over the tables used for currency exchange and the chairs of those who sold doves. He didn't allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. He taught them, hasn't it been written that my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you've turned it into a hideout for crooks. The chief priests and the legal experts heard this and tried to find a way to destroy him. When our temples of education become primarily kind of factory-like, the time comes for a change. For all the wealth that some of us have amassed, our lives can feel strangely empty, we feel lost and alone. Houses of education should help us to relate to one another in more meaningful ways, to live more profoundly more passionately. There is a spirituality to education that can make life better. Horace Mann knew it. Jesus knew it. Seven hours a day in front of a screen doesn't lead to joy, even among introverts. The time has come for a, a spiritual renewal in public education. And no, I am not suggesting that churches take them over. What I am saying is that now is a time to question what public education has become and focus on the absolute joy that comes from learning, that sense of awe, and wonder from the beauty of language to the wonder of how this universe works to the passion of music and art. I believe that God inspires and calls teachers. Even if a teacher may not share that faith, I see their work as a divine calling. Great teachers ignite the spark in our souls. And it is from that spark where justice and compassion flow. It is from that spark 
that we discover the kingdom of God among us. Now, there are, there are many great movies about educators. And I think my favorite is Dead Poet Society. Here's a scene from that movie. Gentlemen, open your text, page 21 of the introduction. Mr. Perry, will you read the opening paragraph of the preface entitled Understanding Poetry? Understanding Poetry by Dr. J. Evans Pritchard, Ph.D. To fully understand poetry, we must first be fluent with its meter, rhyme, and figures of speech, then ask two questions. One, how artfully has the objective of the poem been rendered? And two, how important is that objective? Question one rates the poem's perfection. Question two rates its importance. And once these questions have been answered, determining the poem's greatness becomes a relatively simple matter. If the poem's score for perfection is plotted on the horizontal of a graph, and its importance is plotted on the vertical, then calculating the total area of the poem yields the measure of its greatness. A sonnet by Byron might score high on the vertical, but only average on the horizontal. A Shakespearean sonnet, on the other hand, would score high both horizontally and vertically, yielding a massive total area, thereby revealing the poem to be truly great. As you proceed through the poetry in this book, practice this rating method. As your ability to evaluate poems in this manner grows, so will, so will your enjoyment and understanding of poetry. Excrement. That's what I think of Mr. J. Evans Pritchard. We're not laying pipe, we're talking about poetry. How can you describe poetry like American bandstand? Well, I like Byron. I give him a 42, but I can't dance to him. Now, I want you to rip out that page. Go on. Rip out the entire page. You heard me. Rip it out. Rip it out! Go on. Rip it out! Thank you, Mr. Dalton. Gentlemen, tell you what, not just tear out that page, tear out the entire introduction. I want it gone. History, leave nothing of it. Rip it out, rip! Be gone, J. Evans Pritchard, PhD. Rip, spread the tear, rip it out! I want to hear nothing but ripping of Mr. Pritchard. We'll perforate it, put it on a roll. Not the Bible, you're not going to go to hell for this. Make a clean tear, I want nothing left of it. Rip it out, rip! What the hell is going on here? I don't hear enough rip! Miss Keating. Mr. McAllister. I'm sorry, I, I didn't know you were here. I am. Ah, so you are. Excuse me. Keep ripping, gentlemen. This is a battle. It's a battle for our souls. You cannot turn the language of our souls, poetry, into a factory setting. Mr. Keating 
ignites the spark within the souls of the boys in that school and is eventually fired. Actually, when you think about it, most movies about great teachers, the teachers often get sacked. The forces that seek to stifle our souls are good at crucifixion of many kinds. That spark, it never goes out. There are always educators, teachers, who know that their job is not to get kids to pass the test and then become a finished marketable product. There are always teachers who come into our lives and ignite the spark in our souls, who bring meaning, purpose, and passion into our lives, who help us to recognize and claim the freedom that God intends for all people. Today, our teachers have come through a year of talking to dark screens, seeing the hurt and depression in kids. And this week, they head back into the classroom with uncertain uncertainty. No one knows how COVID will be. They also return to a system that needs spiritual renewal, a renewed focus on the joy of learning that leads to lives of meaning and purpose. And there are forces that will seek to stifle them. And that is why they need some spiritual support and blessing today as they begin their sacred work. Here are the names of teachers in our church community that we speak aloud today for blessing. Mary Lee Battaglia, Peter Bayless, Kathy Cook, Hayden Ferguson, Wayne Fick, Missy Flashbarth, Miriam Fleming, Mickey Gehring, Joseph Kern, Diane Kuhn, Kate Nikolai, Marsha Owen, Jenny Putney, Frank Robertson, Lynn Sample, Marty Sample, Bill Sanderson, Lynn Vaughn, Martha Wolford, Hannah Abernathy, Mrs. Carr, Megan Drake, Kara Gehring, Mrs. Love, Mrs. McMillan, Morgan Meehouse, Mrs. Moxness, Lisa Moeller, Mrs. Nanero, Ivy Nguyen, Michael Orr, Miss Pepper, Mrs. Ryder, Alex Tepfer, Mrs. Waring, Mr. Williams, Krista Zeismer, Mrs. Pam and Mrs. Doncha, and the teachers of Cora Snodgrass. For each person named today, we pray for God's inspiration and blessing on them as they do their sacred work to ignite meaning, purpose, and passion in students. May we do our part as a community to support all educators these days as we honor them with our theme hymn today, Teach Me, God, to Wonder.